Oh, here we go again. Hey, everybody. Here we are again. It's uh, the original Year Two Dads. I'm here with Dan. Hey. We have ourselves another interview. We've got another special dad. Uh, this time, he's from way across the ocean. He's from Sweden. Could you go ahead and introduce yourself, please? Yes. So my name is Andreas Exarfras, and I live, uh, as mentioned, far away in a northern country. And it's not Norway, it's Sweden, the greater neighbor. <laughs> I, was, I was wondering how you guys uh, <laughs> view each other. You're awful close together. We are the big brothers. Okay, okay. Good to know. It seems like one of you, or maybe you trade, I don't keep track every year, but one of you always seems to be the happiest uh, country in the world. So you have that Denmark. going for you. Okay. So they got it this it's time. It's always Denmark for some weird reason. Uh, I love <laughs> Denmark. My wife is uh, born and raised in Denmark, but um, I don't really feel that when I walk the street sometimes, you know, but maybe it's because I'm Swedish and I come there, like take their jobs and stuff. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's interesting that you know getting the feel of what uh you know what what that competition kind of is like between the two countries already you know from what you said I kind of get like you know a sense of that uh, rivalry so to speak it's sort of like a sibling rivalry it's not you know it's it's only die hard when we play football as we call it you guys call it soccer um you know it's only when we meet each other in football it's really like really bloody and messy and horrible otherwise we're quite okay with each other i mean sports will do that competition yeah. brings out the worst in us oh yeah sure. so i i see here uh that you have something that you're working on that you, that you have already going on called cultivated works uh, workplaces and yeah. typically i do save this for the end but I don't know anything about it. And it kind of interests me, you know, the fact that I don't know. So if you could, uh, if you want to, could you uh, explain, you know, what, what that is and what you're doing there? Yeah. So uh, daytime, I work as a project manager in, uh, yeah, I'm a, sort of like a consultant now for, I work for a consultant company. So I usually get hired out to different companies who need some sort of IT resource, right? But my passion for the last, Six, seven, eight years has been a lot about work environments because I have very rarely had a job where I'm like, I love this place. This is so good. Everybody's amazing, right? And I've had a few hard turns when it comes to managers and coworkers on that, right? So I don't want other people to have that experience. So Cultivate the Workplaces started as my specifically now after the pandemic where we all need to have two jobs more or less and it started as my sort of project to bring my view on what a good workplace is right so uh, it is sort of like an umbrella project where i'm doing like i'm right now doing a lot of documentaries for example working right now with a documentary for a swedish soccer club that has climbed seven divisions in seven years and now they're very close to the top like how that teamwork works right so like they started out and then they just ran through the divisions. So I'm doing a documentary on that. That actually sounds like something I'd like to watch. Yeah, right. And it's really getting the attention up because like, how do you do that? So that is something that's been really, you know, close to my heart for a long time. My sister is also actually educated as a work environment specialist uh, more into construction actually, right? But it's something that's very near and dear to me like you know you're supposed to have a job that you like i don't have to you don't have to love it but you're supposed to feel good at least you know you don't shouldn't wake up monday dreading going so cultivate the workplaces is sort of my work uh, positive work environment platform that i'm trying to build as my sort of second leg in this world right, right on interesting that's really cool i Thank totally you. fall right in line with you there as far as i've never had a job that I came home and I was like, man, I really love what I do. Hmm. Like, this is what I want to do forever. Um, and it is interesting. Like, I guess I've just never really like talked to a lot of other people that are like, yeah, work sucks. <laughs> and I hate it all the time. <laughs> but that's really cool that you are trying to, you know, from your own little corner of the world, trying to, you know, work to improve that. I mean, first and foremost, I'm it, it makes me curious, 
what the uh, typical work week is like in Sweden. I don't know, you may be familiar, but in America, it's usually for your bank jobs, we'll just stick with that. It's about like a nine to five-ish environment, uh, Monday through Friday. Is that how it is in Sweden too? It was very much like that pre-pandemic. Uh, we really had a shift during the pandemic that people really got into this hybrid thing, right? It worked a lot from home and then you went into to the office when you really needed to. And now we're very, I think we as a country are more flexible right now. We don't have these Martha Stewart's and Elon Musk's that are saying like, we need to be in the office, otherwise we can't be productive. Like I think we're a little more open than that. So um, now we are very much more flexible in many ways, but we have 40 hour work week. Uh, there are some municipal trials about having like four day work week and stuff like that. And those results are really good and interesting. But I think we're a bit too far from that to happen anytime soon. But we do some experiments. We do. Right on. I uh, I used to have a job that I worked for 10 hour days and to make my 40 hours for the week. And I loved it. And I hated going back to five days because that gave I miss I miss my three day weekends every week, you know, oh. and that time off to spend now with my family. But back then I spent it with my fiance at the time and, you know, and just did stuff with her. But yeah, it's, it sucked going from four days to five. Uh, I wish we could somehow get back to the, go, go that route too. And our four days would still be like seven and a half, eight hours only, you know, oh. we would still have our oh, okay. normal hours. So it's some more, in our case, we're looking into like people going from 40 to 35 uh, hours and stuff like that. Right? Okay, right on. So, because then it gives you the opportunity to bring in people that, that maybe don't have a job, and you can get people part-time jobs, etc. Right. But I think we really, in all the reporting, like Sweden really handled the pandemic correctly, and a lot of opinions <laughs> because you know we were still open, we had a high vaccination, you know, it was very much untouched, like you know. We didn't really have that big of a dystopian feel as it were in many other countries, right? But we did have a, like a huge leap when it comes to you know working remotely, working hybrid, and stuff like that, right? And we're really sticking to that. You know, there's you know people's you know they we don't even look at jobs anymore that don't have hybrid in them, more or less. Right? Interesting. That was, you know, the way it looked like we were going to be going over here. But like you said, now it seems like, you know, just like always, we're going to go back to the status quo. Yeah, but it is a white collar privilege, definitely, you know, right. and like not all jobs are like that. I worked a lot in I worked in logistics. I worked with DHL, for example. Right. You can't do that work, you know, right. remotely. Right. Because someone has to move the physical boxes. Right. And you can computerize it all you want to put in robots and AI, but you know at some point you need to have people, you know, in those places doing this stuff, right? So it's sort of like a white collar privilege, of course. I think it does have something to do with uh, who you know. Uh, my, yeah. you know, my group that I that I keep around me are typically uh, lower <laughs> to lower middle class. That range of people usually is more working blue collar jobs as opposed to, uh, you know, the the more digitally uh, reliant jobs that you could do from a computer somewhere, where, wherever you might be. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I guess I kind of take that back. It would really depend more on, uh, you know, where you are and who you are, because someone else is going to be like, no, dude, everybody I know works from home. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's really much about your circles. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> it's who, you know, and it's also what you like too. I mean, I like what I do. I like working yeah. with my hands. And like I said, that's, that's what gives me pride and knowing that, Hey, I did that, you know, and you can see it, you can see it on the road. Cause I work with cars and stuff, or I, you, you know, I, you, you can physically see what I get, I can do. And that's what gives me satisfaction. And I, like I said, I have no interest. I mean, I can work on a computer, but I, that's not what I want to do. I want to, you know, I like working with my hands in a physical manner yeah yeah now i've been you know i got my first computer when i was five and then it was just downhill from there right so <laughs> you know i'm very much you know i'm i i'm i want to be this sort of like outdoorsy 
man that can fix stuff but you know i'm very much the opposite you know like we live in a in sweden you can either buy your place or you can rent it right so we rent which means i just pick up the phone and say dude that stuff ain't working come fix it <laughs> you know i don't do it because yeah, that's not my skill set in that sense right yeah that's the good thing about renting you know anything that goes wrong it's somebody else that's gonna have to take care of it yeah yeah, yeah. i'm afraid to uh to get my we are on the verge of buying but i'm afraid to make that leap because then it's all going to fall on me and i right. my, my shoulders scary. i don't know if you can tell from from the camera but my shoulders they're not broad they're not broad and they're not strong so and that might be a problem if i have to take care of things they need to get broad so you can carry the house <laughs> maybe maybe uh repeated uh attempts to to carry the load would make me a little bit stronger uh, I yeah. hate to have to go through that many fails to to start to, you know, get strong, but sometimes that's what it takes. So we have, a, well, I have, and, and I think maybe Dan as well, have a couple of questions that are directed more, a little bit more home life type of, uh, mm -hmm. type of uh, scenario. It's been so long um, since I looked at uh, your information that I don't know exactly whether I, you know, I got this uh, confused with somebody else. So forgive me, please, if, if uh, you know, if this didn't um, fall in line with you, but I believe that you like to travel. Is that correct? We uh, do like to travel. It hasn't been that much, uh, you know, out, you know, travel by plane since uh, the kids came in that sense. Because definitely the second kid came just before the pandemic, right? So the last three, four years has been very stationary. We have been doing stuff around where we live or in Sweden more or less right okay. but before that my wife and i you know we went to dubai spent a lot of time in turkey and uh, things like that right so we do we have some more plans you know when the four-year-old is slightly older we're gonna be out and about again right right on. Uh, so that brings me to my next question does do uh any particular places jump out to you when you think back on uh like man i really love that place or man i'm never going there again I think Dubai was really a surprise because um, I we we stayed in the what should we call it we we stayed in the poor part of town to begin with where you know people from Pakistan and India and you know the the workers more more or less of Dubai where they lived right and that was way more homey and interesting and good than the fancy part close to the marina that was a big surprise to me right because the marina was fancy and it's all this elegance but it was very cold and very touristy right uh, as you can tell by my name probably hopefully um you know our family is culturally broad like my wife is born from pakistani parents in copenhagen right so this the household is swedish pakistani culture wise but uh, nation, nation, nation. What do you call it? Nationality-wise, we're Swedish, Swedish, Danish, right? So um, we had the up of you know my wife could speak the language in the quarters, you know, which was very nice when you went shopping there, right? So we're definitely gonna go back to Dubai at some point. Otherwise, we have really been fortunate. I can't really pinpoint a place where I feel like. I won't go again. There might be a hot hotel in a city I won't go again. But, you know, like, yeah, I'm definitely going to go back to Turkey, definitely going to go back to, you know, Dubai and other places we've been as such. We're quite picky. Um, you know, we we gamble, but not too much. Uh, and uh, just uh, out of uh, a personal curiosity, what was it that drew you to Turkey? Turkey is... It's a very friendly place, you know, like when you get there, you're greeted and treated like family. And I understand that in today's political climate, it might be different. But but uh, every time we have gone there, we've all been treated very kindly in every aspect. And it's very relaxed and a very nice country. It's, you know, warm, good food and all that stuff. right? So um, and the, the, like I said, the people are just super friendly. I have never met someone in Turkey that has, you know, aggravated me or, you know, been pissed off at me or anything like that. It's just very, everybody gets along. That's awesome. Uh, you don't hear a lot about Turkey around America. It's just not something that nope. is broadly in the news. Usually they only want, you know, they only play nice with the U.S. if they can get F-16s. Okay, well, that, that might be why then. 
Uh, before I go on, did, uh, Dan, did you have anything that uh, that you could re- remember that you wanted to talk about? Um, Dan forgot his notes. Yeah, so. I forgot my my paper. Um, I was wondering. I've seen pictures. I hope they're accurate because you never know what to believe on the internet anymore. But uh, you get the snow where you live. We get some snow. Uh, it used to be more when I was younger, but uh, this climate change that some believe and some don't has had an effect because like I can remember it was two winters ago we had no snow and then the we celebrate Christmas on the 24th right and then we woke up Christmas morning the 25th and there was snow everywhere it was like crazy amounts of snow wow. week and people went to the parks they went made snow snowmen and kids went down on uh, you know these sort of like scooters and everything and skis Wake up the 26th, everything is gone. Even the snowman is just like this big <laughs> a lump. You know, everything is green. And that's unfortunately been, you know, like if people go skiing further up north, it's usually, there might be more snow there because it's more up north, but they also very much use like fake snow to create, you know, ski, yeah. uh, ski hills for us to go. Because yeah. I live very, very, uh, very south in Sweden. Like, mm-hmm. You know, okay. it's it's just a few miles, and then it's water and Germany next, right? Right on. Yeah, that uh, kind of ruined my next question, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> all right. I did not mean to do that. No, you're fine. It's it's all good. <laughs> well, I guess I'll go ahead and ask you this, just because I, I ask I've, every dad. I've got more dad stuff in my in mind than okay. Than um, I was always trying to think of a, a general question that I could ask just every dad that wasn't uh, inflammatory or, or you know um, offensive in some way, shape, or form or any way, shape, or form. And the only thing I've really fallen on so far, though this is ever-evolving, is ghosts. So, I don't know, did you... Yeah, you were here. Uh, We shared our uh, pitiful ghost stories uh, last episode, or last interview. I don't know if it'll be last episode. Um, Do you personally have any cool uh, ghost stories that you have experienced, or, you know, in your life? I don't have a ghost story per se. I have a horrible alien story. That's that's totally cool too. Hey, yeah. aliens are in the news right now, so that's like, oh, yeah. you know uh, interesting stuff. No, but when we went to uh, we call it gymnasium. I think you guys call it high school, perhaps or not college. I think it's you know college um, when you're around seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, right? And we had this um, initiation thing where we the second graders took all the first graders out to uh, old barn basically a huge barn and you know there was some horrible initiation things and then everybody was supposed to sleep there and then around 11 in the night and it's pitch black you can if you walk out outside of the you know barn's lighting you can't see anything it's pitch black you can't see your hand like this right and it's 11 11 30 at night and all of a sudden people start freaking out and i'm just trying to sleep and i'm just like why is like and we're like 250, 300 kids there, or something like that, right? I mean, I made more to 200, right? And everybody's freaking out. And I'm like, what's going on, right? And then people are starting to run around and they see these weird lights outside, right? And everybody's accounted for as such. Like, you know, everybody that are supposed to be here are here. So what the heck is going out there, right? And it really, like, some of the girls really, you know, freaked out and started crying. And these guys, you know, a lot of the guys went the other way. Like, they go like, what's going on? I'm going to fix this, you know, because they were also panicking. Right? And it ended up with me and a friend. We were like, do we want to do this? No, let's let's skip. So we just started walking back to town in the pitch blackness, just using our, this was like 90, uh, yeah, 97, 98, you know. So we were like walking around with like, you know, this old time phones and the flashlights and like you know i call my mom i'm like mom come pick us up <laughs> and then while we we're walking away we did see some very weird lights on the sky right and we saw people running around with flashlights freaking out and i'm just like yeah let's just walk a little faster and we just mm-hmm. you know left. But, and the weird thing is that nobody has claimed that you know they did something right because it didn't look like a projection you know from a big ass flashlight or something like that right and like a lot of these people that usually are very cool and very like, you know, do stupid shit. They freaked out like proper as well. Right? 
So that is the closest I have to a ghost story, right? Because I have never seen so many people freak out at once. That's I'm gonna have to add alien stories yeah, in from now on because that was that was great. And or ghost or alien. Yeah, any ghost or <laughs> yeah. any, any paranormal. Yeah, story. yeah, yeah, paranormal. That was awesome. Yeah. Um anything. I do actually have, have a ghost story. I do have a ghost story. I just remember it. I lived in an apartment. It was a one-room apartment. And short long story short, since I spent a lot of time on the alien story, my I have there was this was like 15 20 years ago right so I have had two girlfriends over who don't know each other you know both claim the same thing that the apartment had a small girl that sometimes stood in a corner looking I never saw it but both these women that don't know each other at all they have no you know they don't even know today that they exist but both of them Describe the girl the exact same way and how she moved. Wow. Okay, that's also that very one. very cool. That yeah, I think I just you know suppressed that one because that one was really like freaked me out for a while. But then I was like, if I'm still alive after two years, she probably doesn't want to kill me, so just let it be. It doesn't seem to like uh, have anything against you at all. <laughs> didn't didn't. No, no, I never saw the thing. But it was just very freaky that two people with no relationship whatsoever, you know, could claim the same thing. That is interesting. Um, that definitely does give credence to the story for sure. Yeah. Moving on, you uh, have, <laughs> I was about to say admitted, you have shared that you have children. And yes. we also have children that are, you know, actually somewhat around your, your uh, at least one of your ages. We usually, when we find a dad that, that, you know, the ages coincide like that, we tend to uh, probe you for advice. And both of us right now are dealing with, um, you know, some similar issues, one being potty training and one being uh, picky eating. Do you uh, personally have any experience? Are you still dealing with that? Do you have any techniques that you use to deal with that? What um, do you have to share on either of those two things? Uh, I would say regarding the potty training, we were lucky with the four-year-old, the latest one. Um, because a lot of her friends basically convinced her, you know, because they st they stopped potty potty training during uh, they they potty trained during the summer. So when they came back, they didn't have diapers, right? And then our four year old wanted to be like them, so she she basically stopped overnight. Honest, like you know, that was really really big difference compared to the older boy. Uh, to the older older one uh, because gabriel we we <laughs> the timing was so horrible we went on a small family vacation he was four and a half something you know we had postponed it because we wanted like to be over summer time to get messy you know stuff like that right? and then he, he we basically during this four-day trip went from <laughs> diapers to no diapers and it was just the most horrible experience because you know he panicked because you know he stopped with diapers at the same time as he was very mesmerized but everything we experienced right so my super advice there is like you know use their friends that have already you know succeeded in dropping the diaper in that sense to you know yeah but you know uh clara she already stopped her diaper or whatever you know like that that helped us because Sarah, she just like, you know, yeah, I don't want to do diaper anymore. And then it's just worked. Uh, she hasn't had one night where she's peed herself in bed or anything like that. She's peed herself in preschool because she gets excited and forgets to pee. But there has been has, has been no accidents in, in bed since she started you know, like that. That's awesome. Uh, that, that falls I in think line. With... The coercion, you know, like the friends can do this. You can also really helps if the kid is attentive to you know listen to actually what you say yeah one of our uh previous dads he said the this the, basically the same thing was the case with his younger son because the older son had already mm. uh stopped so he was like well i want to be like him yeah and just pretty well stopped on his own yeah fortunately for us we only have one kid <laughs> and uh they don't really have too awful many friends right <laughs> yet so well, um, we try but yeah i it mean it works we, out <laughs> It, it's just it's so hard to uh you know to to find time yeah. and plan and and coordinate with other parents and yeah yeah but uh anyways uh picky eating anything anything about that <clears throat> we're still struggling with that honestly you know because um 
usually something, you know, like breakfast. I hate waking up to breakfast because there's always, you know, they don't say what they want. And then you wake up, I want this. And I'm like, we're leaving in five minutes. That's going to take me 25 minutes to make. I want that. I'm like, And then, you know, they, they, they work together, which is yep. really, really horrible in the morning. Right? So uh, we have definitely that challenge. I have found, I will admit that I not all I don't always live up to my own standards. So sometimes you find a cheap solution just to get them out of the house. Okay. But, I, I can feel a little know, bit better about doing that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because uh, there's growth in failure. And uh, you learn how to handle things differently. But we're just really trying to now we're trying now when Sarah is a little older, she's turned four in April and she is very she's very witty. She's very quick to understand. Like in our household, we speak Swedish, Danish, and English, and she handles all languages right now, all three languages. She's quite clever, four-year-old, in our assumption, in that sense, right? And yeah, we can't uh, even have. Like, I would say so. <laughs> we can't even have secret talk in English, me and the mom, because she's like, I know what you said, like, you know. <laughs> but uh, we have started to include them in the planning, right? So, like, we tell them, okay, now it's summertime. You're not going to get lunch in school and preschool anymore because in Sweden, we uh, the kids get uh, meals. You know, they get lunch from kindergarten and upwards, right? So uh, we're going to have to plan food together. So we actually try to include them in the planning. But we don't make like, we're going to plan a month. We're going to say like, okay, for the next four days, we're going to do this dish for two days and this dish for two days. Does that work for you? Yes. And then if they complain, we say, but we agreed. Oh, okay, we agreed. You know, so that has started to work to include them, you know, and I don't, I don't really think Sarah usually understands what we're doing, but I don't think the kids really need to understand. I just think they need to feel included, right? If they still have to point at pictures at Instagram, we're going to eat this, you know, as soon as they feel that they're part of the decision, I think it's easier to discuss with them, but we decided. Uh, yeah, that definitely sounds helpful. Mm -hmm. If they, if they're able to enter the conversation with you then yeah. like you said you can be like well you had input yeah. and and you agreed to this yeah um my because son... gabriel the eight-year-old he's i love him to death i will die for him but he's really horrible at breakfast you know like <laughs> because he can tell you in when you go to bed like i want that okay and then you run out and buy it good and bad we have like a convenient a huge convenient uh, a huge supermarket like two minutes this way right it's both good and a dread uh, and you know you get you run down you buy that and then you know he wakes up and like i don't want this but you say you want it yeah but i don't want this i want you know kfc or you know they just <laughs> throw this crazy stuff out but and i'm just like yeah well that's what you get and that's not fun you know but i think you know i think it will get to a point where you know as soon as as long as they're included you know, it brings some sort of responsibility feel and they, they will accept, okay, then and I'd rather have him grumpy eating what he decided than not eat at all. Right. Right on. Like, good advice. Good, good, um... Grumpy is still a win. As long as they eat it and they're grumpy, you still win. Amen, brother. <laughs> right on. That might be a clip right there. I'm going to have to put that yeah. one on the, on the reels. Uh, anything from you, Dan? Anything you want um, to I was just going to, this is kind of something I've seen asked a few times uh, in other places. Do you have a, what you would call a parenting or dad win of, of recent memory? Like something, uh, I don't know, that your kid that you've been working on so hard to, for them to, to accomplish and they finally did it and you're like, yes. Well, Gabriel, uh, he, he's in second grade now. Uh, I just finished second grade now today, actually. So uh, he has been struggling with math and it's basically boiled down to in sweden unfortunately many classes are quite big and you have like 25 26 kids and maybe one teacher and sort of like a help teacher and math has been an issue for gabriel right but we have from our own pocket had a teacher come tuesday evenings after school to help him learn math right um because he gets the attention he needs he gets the focus he needs and it just you know when he sits at home with her it just goes like this everything you can throw whatever calculation he just like i got this but in school you know when they might have to wait 10 15 minutes you know my turn you know it's sort of he sort of freezes up right he actually this last few weeks he just ran through these 
in Sweden, we have this that you get a uh, share code, which is basically you get a driver's license for each step, right? And there was some steps that we were like, it's looking challenging. You know, is he really going to get all this before he's done with second grade? And then he just ran through them all, right? That was like a really big win for both me and my wife. You know, we felt like, you know, we dared take the right decision, you know, because they have these help classes in school, but then it's just the same environment, right? So right. we just decided, you know, we're going to fix this. If the school can't fix this now, you know, we can't wait for them to, we found a solution. So we fixed mm -hmm. it ourselves and he took responsibility every Tuesday. He sat down, sometimes grumpy, but, you know, he sat down, he did the work and he got through it, right? And that's like the biggest win when it comes to him. Right? Awesome. That actually reminds me of something we talked about on a previous episode. Uh, and this is certainly something that's far more of an issue in America than Sweden, I would think. Uh, and that's, uh, you know, in regards to school shootings, we were talking about whether we would homeschool or send our kids to public schools. Does oh. Sweden have a uh, like a big uh, contingent of homeschoolers? Because you basically just did that in, in your story. Um, is that is that something that, uh, you know, uh, more people there uh, are getting into or is that more uh, an American religious kind of based thing? I think it's more an American thing, religious or not. I I don't really feel qualified to answer, but I think it's more an American thing that you need because the the public school system in Sweden is actually really really good, but in this case we felt they dropped the ball on this specific topic in relationship to him. So we had like we had a teacher that teaches algebra to way older kids. She sat here at our dinner table each Tuesday and helped him, right? But I think there has been uh, one incident or two post pandemic with some families like they were so afraid of the virus that they're still homeschooling and in sweden you have to send your kids to school from the age of 6 to 18 18 ish you know you have like god what is it 12 years of school that is by law right so we have actually a story of one family that freaked out so much. So they actually fled the country and now live in another country because they were so afraid of Corona that, you know, they mm -hmm. wanted to homeschool. And that's not really a possibility here in that way, in the same way. Right. And I think that's generally good because then we all share the same sort of information and values to some extent. Right. But myself, like I had issues with math when I was a kid, you know, and it came to a point when I was the first year of college or something like that. And my mom was like, OK, they can't help you. And she found me a teacher that drove, I don't know what, the, you know, but he drove like 60 kilometers back and forth each once a week just to help me fix math. And I fixed it, you know. So I think it's more on a topical level with us. You know, I don't run into people saying, yeah, but we homeschool. It, you know, it just doesn't, we don't have that as a phenomenon in that sense. But we have had an uptick in uh, school violence when it comes to like, you know, we actually had, you know, just a, a school that maybe like a kilometer that way, 10 minute walk, if even, you know, where actually a teacher died, let's be honest, got murdered like half a year ago when a student with mental issues went in and, you know, he had, we don't have access to your military, you know, like military grade weapons, but he went in with like a hunting rifle and a knife and, you know, he did damage either way, right? Not so many in that sense compared to American numbers, but like, you know, a very popular teacher at that school got murdered, for example, right? And some kids got wounded maybe, but, you know, we don't have the same debate there. For us, of course, it's a big thing that that happened. But we don't have someone walking in and killing 50 people with an automatic shot, uh, automatic weapon like that. Every other day. <laughs> no. It's not funny, but yeah. Yeah, it's not funny, but it's true. <clears throat> but yeah. No, no, um, but it's like, it, it becomes this sort of like horrible, it's almost like satire, you know, like some sort of horrible yeah. satire. Like, you know what the solution is somewhat, right? But people are like, nope, we can't <laughs> do that. We'll do everything else. But that's literally more. everything else. Yeah. And that's um, what I think is, uh, you know, we have that same sort of like, oh, what's the what's the word for the bird? The one that sticks its heads in his hand. Crap. Uh, I would have known if you hadn't asked. Ostrich. Ostrich. Ostrich, yeah. maybe? Yeah. The ostrich behavior, right? Like, you know, you only see what you want to see. 
Yeah. And everything yeah. else you forget about, right? We have a government right now in Sweden where they do the same with climate change, right? They're like, no, no. Nuclear power will solve everything. But it's going to take 50 years to start it up again. No, no, no. We can do it in five. No, you know. I was wondering uh, when you were mentioning the, the weather change, if you mm -hmm. guys were, uh, you know, 100% behind climate change or if there were still some people that were, you know, waffling back and forth because I've just just based on region, I would feel like it would be hitting you uh, well before it hit, you know, where I live. We have uh, our parliament consists of eight parties. Seven of them are saying that this is an issue. The eighth one is saying, no, everything is fine. And uh, unfortunately, the government in charge right now, they need to listen to this eighth party that doesn't believe in it because otherwise they won't have power. And so right now, like just today, they had this climate meeting, but there was very few people from actually, you know, science, scientists, etc. that was invited. It was mostly, you know, the corporate world that was invited to answer, like, how do you plan to solve this? And people were like, hi, I'm a scientist. I have a solution, you know, and they were not invited. So uh, we do, you know, we have this, I think we have sort of like a waking up right now in Sweden that some people don't believe that it's that serious and unfortunately this government is more like more like more like more or less hijacked by this eighth party that don't believe in climate change because if they don't have their votes they're gonna lose uh, the government seats right so we have this sort of like everybody knows what's going on right now but the decisions being taken really high up in government level are like the opposite of that thing yeah, it seems like the more power you have, the more you're influenced by uh, money. Mm -hmm. you know, so yeah, and the weird thing is that in Sweden, actually, the the, corp the corporations are actually saying we need to do more. And right now we have a right-leaning government that is usually very perceptive to what the corporate cor corporations say. But they're just like still, you know, nuclear power. Yeah, but we shut them down. We need to rebuild and it takes 15 years. We need power now. <laughs> it's very frustrating but i've had a i've dipped my toe in politics and it's i don't i'm not going back to that you know uh it's too much it's a touchy topic uh for us as well we you know we've been friends for years but we we veer you know yeah we, we have different mm -hmm. opinions so we don't get into uh the woods too deeply um it is interesting no. to know about uh you know the politics of other countries and how you guys are doing things but we respect each other's opinions. Oh, yeah, we do respect each other's Even opinions. when we do have little conversations about it, neither one of us gets mad. And I think that's, not to get too in the woods here, but I think that that's what we need to get back to. Stop being offended by everything. And I think that's the key. Just have a conversation. And if you agree to disagree, then that's what it is. Like It doesn't mean that, but if I don't agree with him, it doesn't mean he's wrong. No, or that I'm right. It yeah. doesn't mean either. It just means that's what I believe and he disagrees with some of it and i disagree with some of what you know saying you know and that's fine but we've stayed friends for years and it you know that's not what our friendship is based upon anyway no no but i have friends that i'm like when they bring up a specific topic i'm just, I'm just like i'm not going to talk to you about that yeah. because we're too far apart i love you i respect you but no yeah yeah I mean, some of the people closest to me are people that i like if they start talking about politics i can only leave the room um, because yep. I don't have anything, I don't have anything for that. No. And they don't have anything, uh, any time for, for what I might say either. And, but beyond no. that, they're great people, you know, people that I'm, I'm happy to be around. And I think something changed during the pandemic in one instance, because people really came out of the pandemic very much like mine. Because when I was growing up, when I went to college, I, you know, I was, very much to the left, uh, politic-wise, and I had friends that were very far to the right. You know, not Nazis, but you know, they were right-leaning. And you know, we could fight in school Monday to Friday. We could throw quotes at each other, books. We could be like, ah, Friday when we went out to disco. <laughs> you know, him there, me there. Like, you know, we're out. We were like a group of seven, eight guys that went out, right? So, but I think that is lost to one extent because, because I also think the stakes are higher now, you know, like this whole climate discussion, like we don't really have time to, is it happening or not? It is, you know, that discussion is over in my opinion. I, I mean, yeah, that's something else we won't touch too much on, but we agree on that. Yeah. 
it is far past time to debate. It is now time to decide and yeah. past time to decide. I don't really, uh, I think I mentioned previously, I don't really keep a lot of uh, pre-planned questions just because I, I want these things to flow. I want them to have a more conversational feel. So I've actually reached the end of uh, what I had going on as far as topics to discuss. I know that Dan likes to, as I mentioned to you over the text, come with uh, to all of our international guests with a certain opinion that they may or may not have. So why don't you go ahead and take that, Dan? Yeah. Um, through your experience, not through, you know, like media, but what have you experienced in dealing with Americans? Cause I'm, you get a lot of tourists too, right? I'm sure in Sweden. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I've spent long story short, I started working already when I was 14 with newspapers and stuff and I moved on to hotels, etc. And I spent a lot of time working as a night manager, for example, in some hotels, right? That's where I met most of Americans, you know, in that sense. And they have always been super friendly. One of them got shocked when I told her I hadn't read the Da Vinci Code. So she actually went out and bought it for me. <laughs> I still have the book in my bookshelf, actually. Um, and I have worked with Americans, you know, in DHL and some other, you know, and I have person level, personal level. I've never had any issues with any Americans. In that sense, you know, I think they are always been friendly, warm. You know, my wife has been to New York and Chicago and she's felt that they have always been open and friendly. But then, you know, when it comes to. Wow, she would love it down here. Yeah. We're way friendlier than they are. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, at some point, we're going to travel over there as well. Right? So I'll, uh, I'll, I'll keep you to it that when we ever get over to the States, uh, we'll come by. Yeah, right on. We live in the South. So we, um, you know, we are known for our hospitality, maybe. Uh, yeah. I know that in my experience, the further north you go, they don't get rude, but they get more, we'll call it introspective and and Preach. less <laughs> less concerned with, you know, what's going on around them. And oh, yep. if you were curious, I lived in Colorado. It's the same way there. They're not, you know, they're not rude. They just, uh, you know, they're not really concerned Reserved. with other other people. Yeah. Yeah. No, but then when it comes to like, you know, I myself, I'm a big NFL uh, NFL fan. Uh, I actually, you know, sit up and watch the games, which is like midnight till four in the morning, our time. And, you know, so I really enjoy that sort of strategy and that game, etc. You know, we have a lot of influence from America, of course. We have, you know, the burger joints and we have you know the all all the kids pick up on you know nhl teams and stuff like that right and um, so we have that influence i think i don't think we dislike americans i we just dislike some ways america be like as a country behaves right i'm very i'm very picky to teach the kids that you can't judge the people of a country on what the country does if you feel me right yeah because you know you shouldn't have a you shouldn't have a basic reaction if someone says i'm from this country <gasps> you know don't <laughs> exactly. don't you know because you know people aren't their countries you know a, a country can be beautiful and lovely and the people can be amazing but right now the government is a little you know but that the government is a reflection on every person from that country, right? I don't understand how you guys trust CIA and FBI because in every show and every movie I see, like they're always, you know, infiltrated and everybody's bad. And, you know, like, you know, I don't get that part because but that, you know, these government uh, organizations get so roughly handled, right? But uh, I guess, you know, that's TV for you, right? I mean, by and but, large, I don't trust the government at all, no matter who's in charge. Yeah. Um, but it, speaking to the uh, uh, a little bit, just briefly to the to what the government does, the uh, we have it set up in America. You may or may not know that the uh, we have an electoral college that basically decides who wins. So even if like everybody, or even if the majority, which has happened very recently, vote for hmm. one party, yeah, if they get the electoral votes, then that's all that matters. So it, it's very uh, effed up in that regard um and, yeah, and sweden is very in sweden we have spent very much time trying to analyze this because we're just like what the heck's going on but i think that when 
the US election comes around, we spend a lot of time on it in Europe in general, Sweden also to analyze and make calculations and everything, right? Because I think Europe is very um, dependent on having a good relationship with the US, right? Because there are some powers that are growing that mm. Europe can't handle alone, the US can't handle alone, right? And uh, I think I think we know more about America in all its aspects than America or the US knows about Sweden, for example. Right? Certainly because, my yeah, my yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, because when when the elections are around, like, you know, we have, you know, all your special type of politicians, they show up in our you know, if they say something really silly in in uh, you know in uh, the house or whatever, you know, it usually pops up an hour or two later with us, right? Because we are so obsessed with America. My myself, I think we should take more inspiration from our European neighbors uh, in general. Like the Nordic countries, very much look to the U.S. in a way that I think is a little too much. You know, there's a lot of good stuff going on in Europe as well. The Danes are the worst. They don't like in Sweden. We have our own word, a Swedish word for computer. Then that word is dator, which might not make sense. But the Danes, for example, they they just ah computer. You know, they just take the English word and Danish, make it Danish, and then they go with that in with a lot of words, right? So Sounds it's like interesting Boston. to see. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be interesting to go there and have them speaking you know, basically in Danish and they're like, wait, did, I swear I understand what they're saying. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's cool. That's um, like, this is, it's fascinating to hear you talk about your opinions and your views on, on these nearby countries and just Europe in general. There's a lot as you, as you touched on a lot going on there, but um, to, to veer kind of back around and not to, to take away anything from that. Uh, don't mm-hmm. leave the listeners hanging. Who, who do you pull for in the NFL? 49ers. Hmm. I, I don't currently pull for them. Being from Tennessee, we have our, you know our own team. But as a child, they were they were my team. Joe Montana, Steve Young, ever, hmm. ever since you know way back then, they were always uh, who I pulled for. And then you know eventually Houston moved here and and we got our own team. But yeah, I've uh, I've been a, a 49ers fan from way back. I uh, don't follow them as closely just because of the, the time zone and, and and just in general, I'm not a huge football fan. Not like Dan here. Well, you but like college football. I do like my college football. Do like my college football. But, I do understand you know, that college said, college football and college basketball college basketball is huge with you guys. American, like, yeah. Wow, that's cool. I wouldn't have thought that. Uh, because do you like, have? Um, do you have? We don't have there. No, not not like not like that. Like I wish we had, but we don't have universities. You know, we don't have. We have an amazing university a few miles from here called in uh, in Lund. Like they don't have a, any type of sports team that travel and meet another university. We don't have that at all. Hmm. Um, we have more like it's very city based or maybe, you know, like uh, based on different parts of which city. Like I live in Malmö, right? The third biggest city in, in Sweden. And we have like some teams, soccer teams from different parts of Malmö that, you know, buttheads sometimes. Right? But we don't have that whole, you know, uh, oh God, you know, university of whatever going against nasa university or whatever we don't have that at all right but i understand it is a huge thing in the u.s and it's sometimes some games are even bigger than you know games on a quote-unquote higher level yeah yeah sometimes the the rivalries in college tend to be a little bit more heated yeah they run deeper yeah i i think it's also modern family brought that to sweden because modern family is very was a very big show in sweden in general and i I mean that was a big show here too yeah. Um, interesting that, that that you mentioned that that was that had a big impact on you. Uh, so yeah. that that actually does bring me to something that I had uh, not even uh, thought about yet, and that mm-hmm. is only you know uh, sort of kind of tied to that. But we have a a segment where we talk about music from our uh, our youth versus the music that came out when our kids were born. Uh, what uh, what type of music do you guys like over there? Do you is it um, you know? more American, more Americanized? Do you get a, a heavy European influence instead? Or is it a mix of both? 
I will be a hundred percent honest and say I have no clue who's on the top lists in Sweden right now. Myself, I basically, you know, I still listen to '90s New York rap. You know, nice. I listen. Right I found that I, I'm very much into '80s, the '80s. You know, the sort of like the culture, the iconography, the colors. You know, like. You know, so I've, I'm, I started listening a few years ago to this sort of genre called synthwave, which is basically, heard of that, you know, yeah. neon and everything mm-hmm. sounds like it was made '85, and that music just has this effect on me that I start to travel mentally. Right, like if I'm going to work, you know, I just sit back, put that in, and then I, I basically write books in my head while I listen to the mm-hmm. music, you know. So, but my kids, they're very much into the eight year old, for example. He has, he doesn't like it, but uh, he has this YouTube kids and he always finds these uh, different American artists that are big right now. And, you know, but he, he's not so much, he's very creative when it comes to paint. He's very good at drawing and painting and stuff like that, but he, he doesn't really have the music creativity feel yet which i'm trying to impose on him you know like music makes you feel good right so it's a lot you know like uh, coco melon and all this stuff coming out yeah. from the little one for example right and uh, and uh, i try sometimes to like my wife she has this thing that every saturday and sunday morning when we make pancakes and we all meet in the kitchen she plays music from back in the day right and it's like everything from you know good old g-funk and snoop dogg to like old swedish artists like you know e-type and you know things that you guys might not have heard about over there but e-type was this huge techno guru in the 90s for example right music started being bad from like 2003 and forward (laughs) that's yeah that's right around that right right around yeah (laughs) Um, that like there's a lot of like this since I'm mostly into rap and stuff like this whole mumble rap stuff I'm just like and and they just repeat the same things again and again like the whole song is just the same line again and again and again precisely right like music for me is an art it's not just you know something you just throw out there there's people that are definitely geniuses and can throw things out there right but I think Sweden we're very you know like I know The weekend is performing in Stockholm, for example, this week, right? And uh, Beyonce started her tour here. So, I, we you know, apparently, that, yeah. uh, supposedly she bumped up your inflation of the entire country. I don't know if you noticed <laughs> that your eggs or your, your bread got more expensive, but... Everything what, uh... has got them more expensive lately. It's ridiculous. Like we have some, some items have gone up like 100 to 100%, right? And... But it's mostly yeah. like, you know, like art, artichoke, 150%. Like, what did they do to the artichoke? <laughs> Eggs have maybe gone up like 20%, right? But they also had this big salmonella outbreak in some of the biggest uh, egg plants. I don't know what to call them, you know, which really killed, you know, consumption for a while as well, right? So it's really, it's very, very weird that our, currency is just diving right now right it's It's, um crazy like those things that uh i think it's affecting a lot of us i i struggle sometimes to look for you know good things in life yeah Uh, i you know i literally have to go to google and be like you know good news (laughs) because good news today rare (laughs) um it's it's messed up but on the that's what the kids are for you get a hug from them and everything goes away yeah that's true especially when they're laughing yeah um, oh, before I forget, you mentioned your uh, interest in the 80s. Do you ever watch Miami Vice or did you watch Miami Vice? Yes. I even fell so low to watch the remake with, uh, I don't even remember, Jamie Foxx and the guys. But yeah, uh, we, so the thing was we had, uh, we had uh, a satellite dish. So we saw a lot of American and English uh, shows when I was like eight, nine and forward, right? Uh, so, I don't uh, mention that just uh, it's it's you know prototypical 80s America 
Wow. That's, you know, uh, that's what I think about when, yeah. uh, when I think eighties is, is Miami Vice, just the, the theme song. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Um, Put this but, theme song on and I time travel, you know, like I love that whole, you know, pink and blue and fancy cars and sun and everything. Right. Yeah. All those pastels. I dig it. As I was saying though, we do like to um, be a bit more uh, positive and we, huh? Uh, kind of reinforce that by ending every episode with a dad joke. Uh, Dan is always good enough to come to us with uh, what is uh, the quintessential dad joke of whatever day that is. Uh, look no further. Don't You don't need to Google it. This is the number one dad joke today. Uh, so go ahead, Dan, and tell us uh, you know, what kind of uh, laughter uh, we're going to be expelling out of our, out of our blowholes. <laughs> well, since he is so familiar with uh, U.S. politics, this is kind of perfect. What U.S. presidents are the greenest? Do you know? Uh, Andreas, I don't know. Uh, this is going to be horrible. I have no idea. The Bushes. Oh, uh, God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the more, it, the more it hurts my brain, the more I love it. It's, yeah. uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful pain. It's, it's awesome when, when we get a good dad joke in there. Because you <laughs> can't you help seen this, smile. Have you seen these guys on Instagram? They usually sit in a a chair each. Yes. And then they go back yes. and forth. And it's just like, sometimes you're just like, you get the chair with you guys, right? Because it's just so horrible. And it's still funny. Right? I've, that's the second person to tell me about these guys. I'm My wife sends me those all the time because she rolls, she's one of those that will... She likes them, but she rolls her eyes like, oh, my God, are you are you doing that again? I'm like, hey, I'm a dad now. I, that's part of the, the I guess that's part of it. Like, <laughs> it's part of being a dad. You get to do dad jokes uh, every time. Just come yeah, but it. there's so many things. I saw another clip where they were like, they were filming. There's been some collision on the freeway, right? And all the dads got out and started <laughs> looking and started talking. You know, what happened? You know, I don't know. What do you think? I think this happened, you know, and if they started moving collectively, right? And I was like, I am never getting out of my car again. They can be, uh, you know, I'm going to sit here. I'm not going to, I'm not going to jump on that stereotype. I'm going to stay right here because I can't do shit out there anyways. Right? <laughs> I don't know, that, that makes me think I need to start posting funny dad clips on, on, the, on the pages. Um, but that does bring us to the end. I, uh, you know, I thank you so much for joining us. It uh, is always the beginning, the first few minutes and like two hours before that, my stomach is always in knots. Me too. I'm constantly <laughs> like, I've got to pee. No, I'm sick to my stomach. No, I've got, I've got to go number two. Like I just, my social anxiety is terrible. So when we get to the end and it's been, you know, super awesome, I'm always thankful. And you were, you were just as, uh, as great as I, as I could have hoped. You had, um, you know, really awesome things to say and really gave us some information about Sweden and, and, and the surrounding areas that we never would have got anywhere else. Yeah. So I do appreciate that, that look into, into your life and, and your surroundings. I appreciate being, uh, being on this because I said, super fun. I, I don't think I have done some podcasts before, but it's always nervous because when you go into something new, right? So, uh, I think I had super much fun and, uh, I'm always up for another talk another time. Definitely. Awesome. Right the, on, man. The only thing, the only thing that I like hearing more than you say that you had fun is that uh, you saying that you're happy to come back again. So yep. that's, that makes it a win for me. Yeah. So next Friday. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you definitely have quite a few other things that, uh, you know, I could have picked your brain on. There were obviously, you know, we had to stay away from some things that maybe I was a bit interested in politically, but be that as it may. Uh, yeah, there's definitely some more stuff that we could, uh, you know, get to uh, underneath the surface there. And, and hopefully, you know, once we get, uh, you know, a couple more of these other people interviewed, I'll be able to go back around and, you know, and talk to the, the, um, the people that had fun. Uh, you know, there's a couple that I had fun on, but, but they weren't necessarily interested in coming back. So it's good to, you know, when the, the feeling is reciprocated. So I think it's just really important that the dads, uh, you know, we don't, we can't, we can't be like our dads, you know, like stay in our corner. You know, we need to, you know, <clears throat> being a dad is being sort of part of a brotherhood if you take it the right way, right? Because you have this connection with people that you don't have, unless you have kids, there's no connection. When you have kids, I know your pain, man. That, that's awesome to hear you say. I'm going to cut out my voice there and use that whole thing for another clip because that was awesome. <laughs> I, I do uh, fail just wholeheartedly when it comes to getting some advice from, from the, the dads that we talk to. You guys all have wisdom to share. 
and and I, I'm I'm hit or miss when it comes to really digging that out. And I appreciate you, you know, freely giving that uh, because I'm definitely going to steal that and put it on a reel. <laughs> but uh, once again, you know, thanks so much for joining us. We grow when we learn with every with every dad we talk to, and, and the internationals one, our international ones even more so. So thank you for for you know broadening our horizons today. Um, but anything else from you before we go? No, I had super much fun and I wish you guys all the best with everything you take, you know, charge of doing and uh, hope to talk to you guys again. Oh, all right, man. Thank you so much. Hey, you, uh, you take it easy. And, uh, from Dan, uh, and, and me, uh, we will check you later. Check you later. Check you later. I want you to know it's over. Well. Bye. You smell that, Bill? Smells like someone died.